Hello, 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 hello. Yeah, that's how we start shows sometimes by saying hello, hello to you people out there that is listening to Bipolar Circle and the birthday show. Thank you for being back to our show. Uh, today's show is a little bit uh, spooky and a little bit sad because we have uh, a friend out there in the cyber world that has uh, a ghost as a friend that is making music with a ghost. His name is James Holm. And he's uh, having a band called Wretched Pinhead Puppets. That is making music with a ghost friend. Yeah, I don't know how that's working. We just have to talk to him if he's using a medium or how he's doing that. If he if uh, he just knows how to see ghosts i don't know yeah and i know that he makes um, his music this is the first music program we have we're going to listen to music in this birthday show in this birthday show uh, we will listen to some music from wretched pinhead puppets while we time travel a little bit back to lost possibilities lost ideas lost friendship but also connection and creation of new things based on on what couldn't be. So, without getting lost ourselves in everything, happy birthday to Wretched Pinhead Puppets. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday! I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. there, there we hear you. Perfect. Um, welcome to Bipolar Circle and the Birthday Show. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Whose birthday? It's your birthday. It's the birthday, oh, it birthday. of uh, Wrecked uh, Pinhead <laughs> Puppets. Oh, yes. It's yes. the birthday of your uh, project. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your name and what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm James Holm. Uh, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I'm the, I am Wretched Pinhead Puppets. It started back in 1994. I had my, uh, with my best friend partner who is no longer with us. We can talk about him a little bit later, I'm sure. And uh, anyways, the project sat dormant for many years after he took his life. And it was during the pandemic. I just had a box full of tapes, old tapes, old demos, and they needed to be finished. And so I thought, what a great time to finish all the demos. And uh, actually, I started writing a book and, uh, and just kind of putting it all together. And so basically, I just released everything probably uh, mid-September. And, uh, and everything's going great. Yes. Okay. Uh, so your book, what is your book about? Uh, is that uh, about uh, the same project or is it a totally different yeah, project? Yeah, well, you know, actually, you can see this. This is a, this is a journal that I got um, and just kind of a... Uh, list a history about our friendship. The, the other member in the band, I call him, I say I'm in a band with a ghost because uh, Russ and I met when I was, we were just teenagers, young teenagers, formed the bands, best friends, built a studio together back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, 
and at the end we you know we're actually you know living in the same home and uh i know he was dealing with bipolar disorder and uh, he attempted suicide before and you know everything his girlfriend left him everything just started piling up on him and then one day he just left and we kind of knew that something was wrong and and he was gone for about four days and we had the police looking for him we had everything and in the mail i got a fedex package with this journal and a few other short stories and some miscellaneous things but basically the journal was um his last 15 days and it's really kind of heart-wrenching to read and just but it's basically kind of the insight of what somebody is going through you know mentally when they're at their lowest moments and so basically the book i'm working on is it's called it's going to be called uh did the gun fall in the water which you you know you know kind of talks about uh kind of a snide comment that i made to him when he when i when he came back from a trip and it was our last conversation and he was you know and but we laughed about it of course we didn't didn't ruin our friendship or anything like that but then he left and i got the journal and then they found him you know deceased in the desert in north phoenix from a a gunshot wound shot himself shot himself yeah yeah, so you made a oh. song called Ghost Like You that's specially dedicated to your friend, no? Exactly. I see the tail of my hissing cat I see you in a flashing old photographs Tides, you tell me now I got help on the other side All those walls you ran into Now you simply walk right through It's easy for a ghost like you Begins. It's good to know 
I've got a friend in a ghost like you. In a ghost like you. In a ghost like you. Exactly. And I wasn't sure if you did you have a chance to look at any of the videos? Uh, like there was that numbers and sun video. It's kind of a little more metal, but yeah, it kind of goes. It's, it's like a like a little bit like a movie track. Exactly, exactly. And so that's kind of a, it's just my story of Russ waking up into a new reality. Like, how did I get here? And it kind of goes through his his bout with his demons, and which it's a kind of it's it's actually a pretty good video, I think. And so you definitely need to check it out. But uh, yeah, so that was, um, you know, that's kind of my story with Russ, and and he killed himself in '94, and so like I said, I, I just, I mean, I've moved to several places, I've moved to different parts of the country, but I always took the box of tapes with me, thinking that I would finish them up someday, and that's kind of what I'm doing. So and how I'm many actually, percent, how many percentage of the material is uh, based on your friends, uh, on your friend being with you in the process of creativity? It depends. Like um, all this, all the songs are new, you know. So we had some old recordings, and um, which you know he wrote, you know, lyrics and the music to some of that. And I, you know, we were co-writers. And uh, so, as far as directly about him, like there was um, like "Ghosts Like You" I wrote last year, and so that was a song I wrote about him. But like "Numbers and Sun" was a a song we played in our first band together that we had written.
Then you have songs like Priorities, which is kind of a funny song, but uh, it's like a kind of uh, post-punk uh, kind of exactly. song. Exactly, because the music is kind of uh, it spreads over a kind of big diversity of different styles. No, it does, it does, and actually got a lot of new stuff coming out too. And so, but then there was a period when I, you know, after you know he passed away, and I was living here for a while, and then I had an opportunity to move to uh, Minnesota to the Twin Cities, where I, you know, basically. All during this time, I've been a, um, I do voice work and I write commercial jingles. That's how, that's, you know, that was kind of my real job. And so I, you know, so between writing jingles for casinos and restaurants and car dealers, I started writing a whole new batch of music. Like the song, like, um, uh, Where the Time Has Gone, that was written in Minnesota. And, and but, uh, but a lot of, uh, like, Night Thing, that's kind of our disco thing. That was written back in like the, the 70s as kind of a joke, or like the early 80s as kind of a joke, and and yeah, it's just trying to complete all the pieces. Yeah, because you know, the so. night thing is a super old school disco feeling. <laughs> it break it breaks a little bit of all, a little bit of the punk feeling in the, some of the other yeah, tracks. A little Rick James kind of going on there. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, little, little bit bipolar music because it's going so oh. between different ideas. So I let me ask you, how did you how did you get to the name of your podcast? Did do either one of you suffer from bipolar or diagnosed or never really got diagnosed with anything except my mother diagnosed me with the hyperactivity, but she never okay. never believed in the medical industry. Then right. uh, I think uh, self analyzed. Uh, I'm the kind of suffering under. Uh, I wouldn't say suffer. I was all the time unstable in my mood swings. I can go okay. very fast from one top to another, and but it's kind of part of my personality. I will okay. say, but I had uh, long periods of depression. Um, uh, I uh, played with the idea of suicide also, but uh, I think I'm too much a fighter to really go deep and actually give up. I think life is too short already and I can manage yeah. to force myself through it and it's part of my creativity and that, that's yeah. why I want to ask you also like do you feel like 
your friend's bipolar disorder had uh, a positive effect on your creative development oh, or was, was it he was an incredible person he's probably the smartest person i've ever met he's probably the funniest person i've ever met uh great guitar player and but you know but he had a lot of self-doubt you know and he was a great engineer great producer and basically everything i know in my studio and everything i've done has been because i've learned it from him and so um and he just always kind of brought like like night thing it's just it's a good song it's well done but it's kind of funny you know what i mean if you really listen to it it's just kind of it's kind of spinal tapish if you want to think of it that way and but um he was always playing jokes on people and he was always writing and he was always uh just a real intense person but that was on his you know manic side but there were days he wouldn't get out of bed or just couldn't function and then he did have a, a time where he was um you know he was really building his name in the industry and he was working with a lot of um started working with national acts and they just kind of let him down and he that was his first attempt at suicide and then uh you know he got you know diagnosed bipolar and then he went on the lithium which just turned him into a vegetable and uh then he met the woman of his dreams and uh like he calls her he, she was his band-aid for like uh, two years and then uh they broke it off and just a few months later he he took his own life so and he went off the lithium just kind of unannounced and, and his mood swings just went crazy you well, maybe so. say like yeah to get back a little bit to the bipolar circle why yeah because uh, we called it bipolar circle because we see now in the time we're living that bipolar bipolarity or manic depression Mm-hmm. or struggling with reality is getting more and more uh, difficult for many people to handle now in the time of corona many people are isolated yeah. on top of it and uh, we have a lot of friends uh, li- like i said i've been struggling with manic depression my whole life but uh, i maybe are able to balance it up with my creativity something that your friend maybe did also but uh, it got too dark in the end anyway but many of the people that come in contact with us that is creative beautiful people do struggle with depression and they yeah, seem to be also very uh, sensitive on the world around them that also make uh, them many times get in in uh, groups of people that is doing art or doing expressional ideas uh, so so it's like such a uh, kind of uh, fragile point the thing about being creative or or just giving up totally on 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 the world like he just felt like he had i don't i think he just felt like he had nothing to offer anybody and the world would be better off without him which actually it just completely affected so many people's lives you know just you know i i mean i I'm, he's still with me you know after 26 years 26 years so and uh yeah it's it's crazy so and I, his influence I, is still on me and so I think I maybe get away with it because I'm such a punk rocker somehow in my heart and I like to I like to somehow challenge people so I see that my annoying character still annoys people around me so I have to keep myself alive for my mother's sake and for for continue to to annoy those people that needs needs to maybe get shaken in the reality structure a little bit so I feel like kind of I I have a point in the life I have something like a mission I need to do So it's like yep. if if I will lose that mission totally and feel like okay I can't 
I can't uh, entertain or annoy people in the same way I did, then I will probably feel totally lost and lonely. And I don't know how I could manage to keep myself up. For me, my creative side, now we have been doing Manzana Podrida, this ecological project in the mountain of Mexico, after trying to be creative in Berlin for uh, about 10 years. And uh, after working there with the land uh, for a long time, I started to go into it. It healed us on many different things. But at the same time, being here now in a small town, having electricity again and working with a podcast and working with a little bit music project and with some creative ideas, I see has a healthy effect on my my way of uh, of being able to wake up in the morning and be able to continue the day. Uh, so I think like being creative for people that are very sensitive is necessary to keep to keep the faith in life flowing. So you you, you, fe you felt like uh, that uh, that your friend may he felt that he was not good enough that he got too much uh, uh, rejections from people. You told that. Yeah. yeah, you know, music is one of those you know, or any any entertainment you know, whether you're an actor or a musician or creating music. I think. Um, if you're really sensitive to criticism, you know, you might be in the wrong business because, uh, you know, everyone's got something to say about your music, you know, good and bad. And so, um, and he took, he loved hearing the good, but he didn't like the bad. And like I said, he got into, um, are you, uh, do you know much about, uh, you're, you say you're a punk rocker. Do you know much about like metal music or? Yeah, some. I'm Norwegian punk rockers. I know about a more darker, oh, yeah. <laughs> depressive, suicidal black metal of Norway. And I also know about metal, yes, for sure. Yeah. Now, did you ever hear of a, um, a band called uh, The Lynch Mob? Mm, no, I didn't. Okay. Dokken? Dokken, I heard about. Well, Dokken, uh, that was Don Dokken. He was the lead vocalist. And then uh, George Lynch was the guitar player. George Lynch is kind of a legend in his own time, if you, if you follow like speed metal guitar players. But uh, he was living in Phoenix. Uh, this is back in the early 90s. And he broke off from Dokken. And he wanted to start his new project called The Lynch Mob. And, uh, and they sold a lot of records. And, uh, but my friend Russ was hired to be um, their engineer for all their demo tapes. And so... He did all the demo tapes, they got signed to the deal, and then he felt let down because they wouldn't let him produce the album. You know, they got a, you know, a couple of high-name producers, but um, basically what, had, what started his spiral too was, uh, so he finished, or Dokken went in the studio in LA and uh, things weren't going well, so they actually brought Russ out to help. And uh, Russ was producing, he was laying all the vocals, he was doing all the you know, throwing in lines, he was producing, he was writing, and um, they gave him an assistant engineering credit, which really made him mad. But if you ever read the inserts, George Lynch basically put a, you know, my friend's name was Graves, Russ Graves, and they wrote the credit in uh, second engineer or special thanks to Russ, quote, dig your own graves, Graves, uh, for doing just that. So he felt like they just you know, killed his, killed his career. And uh, it just, you know, just, I think that was the first attempt of suicide was right after that. And like I said, then he came back and so, yeah, it's a tough business. It's and, a tough uh, business, yeah, and uh, especially when uh, it's uh, like uh, sensitive artists are necessary for making music and in the music and uh, art industry sometimes it's maybe not room 
for these people yeah. because of the kind of hard uh, reality of life. I have a question. So your sure. new album that you're releasing now is called um, Here to Save the World. Yes. Uh, how are you going to save the world? You know, I just actually I kind of I thought of that because, uh, you know, the coronavirus was happening and I'm like, all my business was drying up. You know, I wasn't, you know, I'm still doing work here and there with some clients, but it's pretty much dried up. And, and uh, you know, and I had moved last year. And so basically everything kind of started piling up. You know, I moved and um, I still had all these boxes of tapes. And I think I was out for a run or a walk one day. And um, I said, what am I going to do? I mean, everything's been shut down. And so I was kind of straight in the house and I opened the box of tapes and I'm like, all this stuff is here to save the world, <laughs> you know? So it was going to save my world basically, you know? So, you know, keep me busy and keep me sane. And so that's when I started doing the, uh, the songs and I probably recorded 10, 15 to- songs within a, just a couple month period, which is a lot, which is a lot of you. I mean. So it, yeah, so I just started cranking them out. And you make all the music videos yourself also? I do. So I'm an animator and, uh, and a musician. Yeah. You think so, yeah, everything everything you hear and see, you know, comes out of my mouth or from my fingers. Yeah. For me, I always thought like art they have the fundament in nature somehow. Like I thought uh, the, the earliest artists and philosophers actually had a very special interest in the existential part of nature and what life was about. And the same with uh, with music that uh, had this uh, or, or origin in uh, ritual. Uh, ritual celebrations that was many times about nature or reconnection to each other. So I I many times get the feeling that art uncorrupted, especially music and uh, expressions to bring people closer to existential values is maybe a way to save the world. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, could you imagine a world without music or art? I, I couldn't. You know, it's just or or beautiful architecture. Can you or... imagine a world without assholes? <laughs> I could. Okay, you, you can't. You could. Uh, I can't. Well, we have nothing to write about. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Duality of life is like if you have nice people, you can't know what nice people are if you don't have assholes. That, that, that is very true. Yeah, so, very so true. we should be very thankful for the measuring point. You know, like I, be no, thankful I, I for the shitty I music, agree. so we can make good music. You know, I agree, and I think it, I think. The yin and the yang, if you can strike that middle, you know, and, uh, and have a few laughs over it, it's, it's awesome. So, I think laughter is, uh, you know, is the key to life. So what do you take yeah. your inspiration for when you make uh, when you make this project based on your uh, dead friend's uh, expressions and feeling? Because this was a person you loved a lot. So oh, yeah. do, do you take inspiration in sadness? You know, I think... You know, I think it used to be where, you know, when you're sad, you you tend to focus on things and you tend, I used used to write a lot when I was, when I was sad, like uh, all the stuff that, um, let's see, you know, where the time has gone. Because I had a big, um, a big creative time, like in the early 2000s. And I, I did um, probably about six, seven songs then kind of all in a couple month period that I'm actually, I released where the time has gone. And um, that was from that period. And uh, actually, I've got a song coming out on Tuesday. It's called Kiss Me More, which is um, 
probably the first song that I ever wrote, but it's been reproduced. And then uh, also a song called uh, Love Potion, which is coming out in January. And um, yeah, so th all those were kind of written in kind of my darker times where, you know, I was a little lonely and dating and yeah, it's it kind of fun. So where do you release yeah. your music now? Pardon me? Where do you release your music now? Everything's on Spotify. And so, um, you know, it's kind of funny because I think I'm kind of late, late to the party. But uh, I had some friends that, you know, we released, you know, how do you get on Spotify? They said, well, all you need to do is find a distributor like CD Baby or DistroKid. Or, and you um, just upload, you know, your songs to that. And then they put it on, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, you know, iHeartMusic, everything. So, so basically for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. You're everywhere, and your music's protected. And this is the new music industry is uh, online now. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, you can, you know, a lot of people complain about it because you know you don't get paid that much, you know, per play. But the thing is, is you're on a format where, actually, today I just I just hit my ten thousand stream today, so I was very excited <laughs> about that. Congratulations. Um, and most of that happened in the last month, which was really exciting. And, but you cannot. But yeah, I just go ahead. You cannot be your own distributor. You have to hire somebody. Uh, you can like you. You can hire like like CD Baby is probably the most popular, or DistroKid. And I think there's another one that I can't think of the name off right now. But yeah, as an independent artist, I don't think there's a a better time to uh, to you know get your music out there. Because really what happens is is you're on the same playing field as like the Taylor Swifts or the or the Foo Fighters or but the, the thing is you just gotta let people know about it, you know. And I believe that good music does rise to the top. So Do you so cooperate yeah, so with other people or is it just you or do you have projects with other people? Um I work with uh, actually it's kinda of funny because one of the original members of um Wretched Pinhead Puppets was uh, a good friend of mine, Nico. And who still, you know, still lives in town, and actually has a very successful career um, as a. Uh, he and his father built a nursery, and they, you know, they're doing very well. But uh, I'm trying to get him to come in and do some vocals, and you know, just trying to get him involved again because you know, rock and roll was his dream too. Yeah, because know? I see people are doing recordings online now because of Corona. So I see some artists are actually recording like from different oh, places in the world yeah. together. And it's kind of a funny thing to see like, that it actually made people reach out and meet people that they wouldn't have met outside Corona time, searching for Absolutely. possibilities in a time with less possibilities. And that actually forced you to be more creative. Right. And I think it's kind of fun too. I mean, Twitter, I love Twitter. And the first time I ever hit Twitter was probably... October. I mean, I think I had the account a long time ago, but I never really, I never really understood it. But so, you know, I've got, I don't know, I don't have a lot. I have like 1500 followers or whatever, but most of them are bands, musicians, and we're all, you know, we're all collaborating online. And, and uh, actually a good friend of mine, I, I did a video for him. He kind of has an R&B funk project that I did a kind of a, a animated video for him. And yeah, so we're all working together and we're all helping promote each other's music and it's really a really a cool network out there, that Twitter, Spotify universe. So I've been having a lot of fun. So yeah, I really love this with a new. I don't like the music industry too much. I think it kind of has. Uh, 
yeah, kind of controlled what is good music or not. And now it's getting a little bit more back to that. You actually have to search for your artists yourself and do a little bit more research and you can find a lot more obscure and uh, special music in that way. And uh, I want to make a music program with only music that has no license so I can send uh, undiscovered music on our radio show. So I find that very interesting in a way of breaking the connection to the industry because I think music is more, for me, more divine than being part of a industry controlling the artists in the way the old school uh, music industry did for a very long time. Right, because right? that's what I love about Spotify. I mean, people say what they will about Spotify, but like you can, you know, you can pull the music off Spotify. I mean, we could be listening to Wretched Tinhead Puppets right now. You know, it's just, you know, you, you can, anybody can pull it off. I mean, they can put it in the grocery store. And actually I saw, I was watching a video of a guy who, uh, was talking about being on Spotify and his friend's holding up a phone and he's in Denmark and his music is playing over the grocery store, you know, <laughs> as like music over the grocery store. And I just think that's, I mean, that's the power of uh, the whole, you know, streaming you know, industry, which is awesome. A little, little bit back to your book again. Um, what is, is going you gonna publish your friend's uh, last writings? Yes, actually, the the book is uh, basically centers around the journal, and um, you know, basically, it starts off kind of. I received the journal in the mail. I mean, it's all it's all a true story. It's, I haven't. It's all going to involve true people, and it's uh, basically it just kind of starts off the day I received the FedEx envelope, and just kind of a funny story is um, his plan, which didn't work out, but his plan was going to be. Um, to you know, buy a gun, go to San Diego, California, which is like one of his favorite places. You know, buy a small boat, you know, from Best Buy, and roll himself out into the ocean, and actually shoot himself so he falls in the ocean, and so his body will be eaten by the fishes. That was his plan. Okay. Wow! And he told you that? No, he did not tell me this. That was that was in the journal. That was in the journal. So I didn't know this, but I thought it was very funny because I get the you know, the FedEx envelope and the return address was unmistakably his writing, but it was sent, you know, he used the name Phil Sharkey. <laughs> Did you get it? Like Phil Sharkey. Was that his humor? That's his humor. Right? <laughs> so, so he thought he'd fill in yeah, what P-H-I-L Sharkey. I'm like, who the heck is Phil Sharkey? So anyways, that was his humor. But uh, what actually, what ended up happening though, is he, he, um, you know, it was kind of, Funny though, because my last time I talked to him, he was just coming back from a trip from Mexico, where he had driven down to um, uh, Rocky Point, where he was, you know, took down his new girlfriend, and they went down there. And he came back, and she had given him a a pedicure and a manicure, and so all his fingernails were painted purple. And you know, and uh, I saw him, and I'm like, I don't think purple is your color, and he thought that was very funny, but. But it has more meaning too, because after he left and everyone was out searching for him, and uh, the detective that was looking for him actually called me up and he, you know, asked me if I could meet with him. I said sure, because he told me he wanted pictures, more pictures of him. But uh, he came back and uh, he said, "Well, we found a body in the desert, and uh, do you know what he was wearing? You know, because I guess that you know, it's been out in the sun, he was barely, you know, decomposed, and he was unrecognizable." And, uh, they said, do you know, remember what he was wearing, his shoes, his pants? And I said, well, he's gone for a week, but 
here's what he could have been wearing, but I don't know. And he goes, can you think of anything else that would describe him? And I said, well, he, he did have purple painted fingernails. And he goes, yep, that's him. So ultimately he was identified by, you know, and I think he would find that funny, you know, but uh, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. It's just kind of sad. But anyways, but that's the book basically starts that way. And then it, then the journal is, you know, I let the journal go for itself. And then uh, and then it kind of picks up where I met him. And and basically after, you know, we kind of settled everything and, you know, it's, you know, his brother comes out, you know, and people dealing with a suicide, you know, like I lost my best friend, but his brother you know, who, you know, basically was after money. He was after, you know, this, he was after that. And, you know, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough thing, you know, to go through and like, cause we had built a studio and his brother wanted to, you know, me to sell all the gear, you know, so I could pay his parents, you know, Russ's portion of the, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's all in the book. And it's just kind of a true story of, you know, my, my, my relationship with Russ, Kind of when I, from the time I met him, and even after his death, I mean, he's like I said, he's still he's st he's still here, you know, occasionally. You are uh, comfortable with reading through this book since you waited so long time to start to work on it. Has it been a process for you to because this is like we're trying to have fun with everything. This is bipolar circle, and we are oh, yeah. oh, somehow yeah. trying yeah. to make like a little bit comedy, but sometimes like <laughs> suicide and like uh, friends dying or people you care about dying and stuff sure. many times makes it like feeling aware to joke too much. But at the same time, you're seeing no, saying, joke, saying that you're as much as you want. But you're saying that your friend you your friend was a funny guy. You said that he like he, he would have hilarious. liked he would yeah. have liked abstract jokes about his death yeah. after maybe is uh, is suicide funny you know i don't know what you know like yeah his humor is all around all the time i mean in the like i read through the journal occasionally and I'll maybe catch something i didn't catch before um like like he said his death day he wanted to be like like september well nine september the ninth month um uh the ninth day you know at nine o'clock at night You know, he he thought that was funny because he you know it was nine 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 you know fifty percent more than you know the sign of the devil you know he thought that was just stuff like that you know he was just and he was a real spinal tap kind of guy Are you guys familiar with spinal tap yeah for sure yeah so he was very much that was his humor that was his humor and even um, like wretched pinhead puppets he came up with the name and we we're just like where'd you get that and he goes. And, you know, the band members at the time were myself, Nico, and his girlfriend, Devin, and himself. And we're like, ah, we don't know. We don't think that's a great name. And he goes, no, it's the name. And we're like, where did it come from? He goes, oh. But, you know, it turns out he went to, I think he went to Batman Returns. And the Penguin says, you know, he'll take care of the wretched pinhead puppets of Gotham. And so that's where I think he got it. I don't know. But uh, all I know is it's a great name. And I, I would love to take credit for it, but I can't. So, because everyone's like, "That's an odd name," but if you but if you Google it, that's the only thing that comes up. That in the penguin reference. So it's you know I feel so I feel very bad for my friends who, you know, have a common name and I can't find them on Spotify because there's like a list of you know, like Hellraisers or something like that. You know, there's probably five bands named Hellraiser. So, but anyways. But yeah, he, I think he would find it very funny if we all got a, 
not a kick out of his death, <laughs> but just a kick out of his life. Let's put it that way. So I read on your profile on Twitter, it says you're vegan and it says it's your ancient aliens. What do you refer to that? Ancient aliens, Leona. Ancient aliens. Ancient aliens. Ancient aliens. You guys are familiar with the show, aren't you? With what? With the show Ancient Aliens? Yeah, yeah, I know it. I don't oh, know it. I, I'm, I'm obsessed by it. I, I love it. I just love the... Not saying I believe in all of it or anything like that, but um, I, I like I like when you can look at something and you ask, "How did that happen?" Like actually, we were uh, me and my uh, partner Samantha. We were both in uh, Mexico City, and what was what are the pyramids there? The Sun Pyramid, Tiakawa. What do you know what I'm talking about? Si. Have you been to the pyramids? Uh, just just the Templo Mayor, just the main oh. temple. I haven't been to the ones around. Okay, because there's we went to the Anyways, it's the Sun Pyramid and the Moon Pyramid. And I think that was one of the coolest days of my entire life because you just look at this and go, how did that happen? You know, this was like 5,000 years ago or, and, you know, did they have help, you know, from extraterrestrials? I don't know. You like but, mystery. Uh, mystery is the thing. Oh, you have these 200 ton blocks, you know, brought up these mountains. Like, how does that happen? How does that even happen? So, yeah, it's just, it's always amazing to me and all the, ancient art and all the Egyptian art. I'm fascinated by that stuff. So, and being a vegan, um, you know, I was a vegetarian for since the mid nineties. And then, uh, uh, then I kind of fell off the wagon for a couple of years. And then I met Samantha and she was a vegetarian. So I, we became vegetarians and then we just decided just to, um, go completely vegan, which is probably the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I mean, I dropped 25 pounds and my cholesterol went down 100 points and uh, it's really amazing. I feel better. And so, yeah. So it's, it's health and it's, you know, why, why kill a pig? You know, why? I don't know if you guys are vegetarian or, or vegan or, but I mean, I don't Le want to make judgments. On Leona is vegan and I'm trying to become vegan. Here in Mexico, it's a little bit more difficult because you don't have so many options and sometimes I eat a little bit cheese, but I, I know I, I look up to veganism as being the, 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 the state of perfection that I'm trying to work to, <laughs> towards. So yeah, but I've been vegetarian for many, many years and uh, yeah. sometimes I eat uh, cheese and it's, um, yeah, um, Leona, what do you want to say about that? She's the fighter for veganism. <clears throat> I think most people know uh, why people are vegans nowadays. Yeah, I don't have I think, I, think I don't have something special to say about that. I think it's. You know, I think. Yeah, continue. Go ahead. I, I think everyone, you know, <laughs> has their own reasons, and you know, and, and they're all good. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, I think anything that you can do to, um, I mean. Best reason for many people that is because there's so many Christian and religious people out there and best should be that you follow your fucking scripture and there it says <laughs> that humans should just eat uh, green stuff. There's it actually yeah. says in the Bible that like, I'm not uh, the person that believes everything I read, but for the people who do that, that is, should actually transform, transform the planet to, to become pretty vegan very fast. If all these people that uh, claim that the Bible is the direct word of God should then actually listen to the creational story where God created humans to eat uh, green shit. Well, I'm just <laughs> mainly, I guess, like suffering if you can. So on yeah. the 24th of November, there's a music alert f 
from your band. Oh yeah, What's that happening? is my that is going to be uh, the new song. It's uh, going to come out Tuesday. It's called "Kiss Me More," and it was like I say, this is a song that, of course, I redid, but it was the first song that I ever wrote, and that was actually it was the first song that um, Russ and I actually produced in our you know new home studio. Before we go out tonight, I should warn you that I'm not that type. So don't expect a kiss. Good night. I come from a family who lacks in their fantasies. No one believes in love at first sight. But I know that I like you And I get confused Being with you Cause to me a kiss Should mean something more So kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more My car, cause I realize how fast you are, and you think we've got a long way to go. You come from a family who acts on their fantasies. Keep your mind off me and on the road. Cause I So kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me So kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more So kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more Kiss me more So anyways, someday I might release the the first recording of it, but it was pretty bad. And so, but the it's a, it's a, it's a great it's a it's a sweet song, but it's very high energy, very kind of grungy, very. I mean, I'm really excited for people to hear. It. I think it's it's something that will, uh, I think, get you moving. And and there's going to be a really good video to it. And uh, it's going to be my video attempt to. Um, you know, the goal is to really get people to interact with you online. 
And, uh, and the more they interact with you and the more I interact with them, it's just, it's just, that, that's, you know, that's why we do music so people can listen to it. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think you'll really enjoy the video and it's just, uh, again, it's going to be, it's not a funny song, but the video is kind of lighthearted and it'll make you smile. Do you ever feel like uh, lonely uh, by making the music alone and you feel you're missing your friend or you feel the presence of your friend even when you make the music? Do you have any feeling of him when you are producing your music? You know, actually it's kind of funny because um, I think, I, you know, I just had a, I had a, a dream the other night where it was, because um, my big fear, like I, you know, I've always wanted to do music. I, I Music was, and I always always have been doing music, whether it be, you know, what I'm doing with Wretched Pinhead Puppets now or what I was doing it commercially. I mean, it's just, I think you're just kind of drawn to, I love playing guitar. I love, you know, singing. I love doing all that. But in the beginning, it was like we played in bands. But I think, um, I think I had anxiety issues. Just the thought of performing just made me so nervous. And I just remember getting on stage when I was a kid, just like shaking. And it would just, and that that has always kind of, you know, been there. I was always afraid to perform, even though I, I did a good job. But I was just, I was just terrified. And um, I just had a dream the other night where Wretched Pinhead Puppets was supposed to go on stage, and I was like terrified to go on stage. And Russ says, "I don't know any of the music." Of course, you know he's alive in the dream. I don't know any of the music, and I said. Let's just go up and have fun. And then we went out and played the show. And it was like, I had no anxiety. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, like he didn't know what he was doing. So why should I expect to know what I'm doing? So let's just go out and, you know, have a train wreck, you know, it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> so anyway, so that was my dream. But yeah, he's, I, I do oftentimes think, what would he do? And, uh, and some of his, uh, like he did a, like in the song Night Thing, He does a rap and I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do this. And so, you know, it took me a while, but I, I got it down, got it fast enough. And so it's it kind of fun. Do you have any idea about, uh, do you believe in any afterlife or something? Oh, I do. I, I mean, I don't know what to believe, but I think, I think something happens. And uh, I, I, like I say that, that lyric in the, um, ghost like you, um, you know, in a dream by, uh, Uh, in a dream by ocean tides uh, you tell me now i got help on the other side that was i think it was like just a couple nights after he had you know i learned of his passing i had a dream that we were on a beach together and he was wondering why i wasn't more upset about his death and and i told him that he that he just kind of threw everything up in the air you know everything we were going to do it's not going to happen anymore and and he says well now you got help on the other side so i'm like okay Side, so. Maybe it's encouragement that you should do like bring some candles together, do a ritual, like a medium, get a medium, and then maybe you can continue writing songs together, and then you get like actually like a ghost to help you to write, and you can be like <laughs> I actually made this. Can you see my guy down there? Yeah, <laughs> that's WP, WP puppets. So <laughs> he he's, he's he goes around with me occasionally. That's so, the puppet uh, in your logo. Yes, yes. And so anyway, so yeah, we got. You know, and that's what I, I love about my girlfriend. I uh, I told her, you know, I just spent uh, $250 on a puppet. She, she's like, 
Awesome. So, um, so yeah, so uh, I don't know, what was the question again? The question was uh, if you believe that you can might, might make a ritual and uh, get oh. a medium and write, continue writing with your dead, dead friend. Maybe he's still there. If you try to help in, in, uh, in dreams, maybe you can go Wait, into this state in, in trance. Oh yeah, and then uh, and then get, that was kind of fun. And then you can continue so playing, uh, so you can uh, promote yourself as actually having a ghost in your in your band. Oh, I think I think he's there. That's why that's why I say you know I, I'm in a band with a ghost. But uh, no, I did buy uh, as a prop. You know, we just bought a Ouija board, so we got a Ouija board coming. So <laughs> you'll, you'll be seeing. It takes a little bit time to write the lyrics and like okay, the next uh, okay, how the lyrics gonna be A uh, and. <laughs> E as any okay write down uh, um, oh it's a moon any moon uh, okay and then you can be like oh no it fits with any new moon maybe and he's like no okay okay fuck so it will be, a pro oh, I, well, it will be like I, a process I, I've, always been, I've always been fascinated by the occult you know and I think I think it's kind of funny because I remember we used to my friend used to have a, a Ouija board it was his parents and it was down in the basement and we were forbidden to play with it because they were a very you know, Catholic family and they thought it was just like not a good thing to do, you know, messing with the spirits. And so, um, so anyway, so I, you know, my parents were very, very just like, whatever. I mean, we had five kids and they were just like, whatever. And so I asked my, my parents for a Ouija board for Christmas. So I got one <laughs> when I was a kid, which makes me laugh that my parents bought me my first Ouija board. But yeah, we had a couple you know, we were all those kids that would, you know, go in the dark bathroom and like look in the mirror and go, I believe in Mary Gore, I believe in Mary Gore, and you just freak yourselves out. And yeah, we we loved all that stuff. We all loved, we all believed in ghosts and still do. And yeah, you so, used oh. the Ouija board and nothing nothing bad happened? No demons, no devils, no evil spirits come and not, possess not, you? Yeah, but you know, I remember I was a kid. I was a kid and I, because it was my Ouija board that I got for Christmas, I remember, you know, and it was stored in my room and it was stored under my bed. And uh, I always had this feeling because I was, you know, all us kids had our own rooms. And I remember we all got these hand-me-down beds. So I, I was in this, you know, queen-size bed by myself, you know. And uh, when that Ouija board was under my bed, I always felt like somebody was sleeping next to me. And it freaked me out. So when everyone went to bed, I'd put the Ouija board outside in the hallway. And then before anyone woke up, I'd bring it back. So yeah, so yeah, because all the I, time I see things about Ouija board, it might be that that scares the Catholics because they're easy to scare. So if they saw too many of the, these horror movies with Ouija board, because I haven't seen one horror movie where people get good stuff. It's always shit happening when you use a Ouija board. You just in any way, and it's demons always. It's not like it comes like a beautiful spirit making love to you and just goes without <laughs> taking your soul and turning you into a monster. That never happens. Or he no. said, did you see any positive Ouija board movie ever? No. But uh, so that could be I that know, is a little, little bit bad, uh, bad uh, promotion for uh, maybe some people that loves the Ouija boards should go out and promote the positive sides <laughs> of using it. Because most of the promotion I've seen for this board ends up with demonic possessions and stuff like that. I love I love a good. Uh, a good scary movie. I, I, I think they're awesome. And I love the whole. Ouija board. I love the, the. Actually, we just uh, just watched uh, Poltergeist. Remember that movie from the '80s? Haven't seen it in like probably 20 years. And uh, stuff like that's just awesome. It's cheesy, but it's fun. 
And, you know, back then you think it was the greatest special effects ever. Now it's just, I think now some of the movies are just like less, less good writing and, you know, more special effects. I think good writing is the, the, the key to life. I think it's just, you know, whether it be in music or in stage or books. Yeah, because you're changing all the time, you know, like uh, some movies, some horror movies I saw when I was a kid, I still I still uh, find them classics. I find them nice. But some of the effects that scared me then when I looked at it and look at it now, I'm like, and I know like even the film censorship in Norway was really bad at that time and would cut it away. And it's just like that looks like dolls with fake blood on them. And that was too much for people to see by then. And I got scared by it. And then I'm like, okay, we do develop. And it's the same with music. Some of the music I, I listened to when I was a kid, I still listen to, but some music I'm like, shit, how could I even listen to that stuff? Yep. Did How was, was that with you diving down in your really old material you made with your friends? Did you find most of the stuff still still fitting for your for your new new time your new head or did you, you feel know, like, you know all the new stuff was all rearranged like i at some point in time I'd, i want to you know whether i do it on youtube or you know somewhere else i'd like to um kind of play the old songs or the old ideas i mean some of them were just um you know 30 seconds of a piece of tape that i you know finished up you know in the studio here but um you know, every just like, you know, everything evolves. It's like uh, like the song "Numbers and Sun," that uh, with all the kind of like the James Bond, the you know, E minor suspended chords, and you know that all that stuff wasn't in there before. It's just before it was just uh, four kids, you know, playing guitar as loud as they could. So, but yeah, and both both are good, you know. But I think uh, I don't know. I think good writing. You know, and I think a lot of these songs, I think they're, I, I'm very proud of them. I, you know, I think they're, you know, really good. And, and but, you know, you got to find your audience, you know, and that's my thing is I think with Twitter and with Spotify, I think it's kind of easy to find your audience, you know, because you might have an audience of a thousand people. They just love your stuff. I mean, I'd rather have that than, you know, you know, getting my songs out to a million people and no one listens to it. So it's, uh, it's all about finding your audience, but. I think there's, I think this project, the, the whole Wretched Pinhead Pups, I think there's a lot of smart writing in it. So, and I think too with the videos, you know, I watched those two or three times and like there's so many little clues about, like if you watch Numbers and Sun today or after, the, you know, sometime after the interview, you'll see something, you go, oh, now I know what that means. You know, we, because we talked about it, you know, it's like, like I thought it was like, you know, going, Back to the kind of the bipolar disorders, one thing uh, I talk about a lot in the book is, you know, Russ just had this dark cloud hanging over him everywhere he went. You know, it's just like if anything could go wrong, it would go wrong. You know, he just had really bad luck. And like, like there's a in the video, there's a box of you know wine, Franzia wine, and Russ was not a drinker. And he was not a smoker when we met, but in his last days, we smoked a ton and we drank a lot. <laughs> but he couldn't drink. He hated beer. And the only thing he could drink would be white Zinfandel wine, which, you know, we all laugh at now. Just real sweet, sweet white Zinfandel um, wine out of a box. And he bought a box one day and it was vinegar. It was bad. I mean... How does that happen? A box of wine being vinegar, you know. So that's you know. So that's why that's in the 
in the video and a lot of the albums scattered all over the floor albums that we used to listen to and and uh you know this pack of you know cigarettes there that we were you know we were constantly smoking at the time do you use any of his recordings or do, do you have any voice recordings of him did they ever sing or you have recordings that you've been used that you have been resampling or something in your music or you re-recorded everything i yeah all the vocals are done by me and and uh, he wasn't a singer he was more of a just a uh, he loved black sabbath and he could just play anything like i mean he was just a great guitar player i mean just a real metal player and but he was actually a good jazz player and he could play i mean he was just a good guitar player but he even though he his voice was i believe anyone can sing as long as you have the confidence to sing and you want to you, you just want to put yourself out there but he uh actually he recorded some demo songs which i'm i'm considering doing in future projects but um it was four songs and they were you know very sad songs that he wrote before he passed away and uh he called them his drowning calf demos because he just felt like he sang like a drowning calf so which kind of made again funny i thought but um no it was, he was just an interesting guy but um yeah everything's redone but i do have some cassette tapes that were recorded on those old radio shack cassette recorder quarters remember when you were very young on the cassette tapes that of band rehearsals of me and uh Russ and a couple of our friends and like if you listen to the song Lady Jump Down um the bass player his name is Lanny Lanny counts out in Las Vegas and he turned into a Vegas singer and he's very good too but uh you know he there's a space in the song where he says well it might help if i turned up my bass just maybe so that was from this old cassette from like 1977 and so and then Henry's in the back and end of the song ends shut up that's henry so you know so i've been pulling stuff off these old old cassette tapes again these just little things to try to make it more interesting yeah it's cool to merge that old time with uh, today you know like uh, how time works in weird ways sometimes and to use some of that uh, old uh, material in today it's like kind of time traveling a little bit it is completely that's what i you know it's like i was I'm just I'm not finished with the video yet but I ha- I got to finish it before Tuesday. But um in the video um there's just a lot of sequence of old um it's basically kind of about your first kiss that you've ever had in your life. I mean, no one remembers their 10th kiss, but everyone remembers their first kiss. And uh Do I remember my first kiss? Mm, I was really early. I started uh, well I, Sorry, but God created me kind of interested in sex. I think I think I tried to have sex first time when I was like four. I guess I kissed. I don't know. I don't think I remember my first kiss. The first real kiss. The first like it's like kind of planned and. I remember my first fuck. Is that okay? Is that (laughs) is that valid enough? I remember first time I fucked. uh, That uh, I remember was I was fifteen because the sexual low age was sixteen in Norway, and it was really important for me to break that. So I was like, I have to fuck before I'm sixteen. And I had a girlfriend, and she was fifteen, and I was fifteen, and we were talking about it for a long time, and we decided the place and how to do it, and everything was planned, and that I remember. It was kind of awkward, I will say, but yeah, uh, I I think yeah, because I bet. First time you have sex to me was like the worst, but um, but the first kiss was like the best. So that's kind of what the song is about. And um, why do we kiss? I don't know. 
No, that's, yeah, that's a weird thing because I, I see when children, for example, many small children, when you try to kiss, when their parents try to kiss them, they don't like it. They're like, nah, go ahead to push themselves away. And then seems like kissing is something that comes later. Uh, is it sexual? Is it more connected to sexual ideas or something? Because I, don't, I, don't, I think it's more just like, I really, really like you. And you're just, it's just that. I like Because you so I, much like, that I will share your bacteria and your food you <laughs> ate like just some minutes ago in my mouth. Uh, in yummy. Like that. Uh, that I, mean, I like you so much that I put your tongue inside my mouth. <laughs> I think it's more like, you know, you're kind of giving each other permission to like, you know, share each other's space. And uh, all I know is when it happened to me, it was just like, uh, just so nervous. And you're like, You just, you, it just gives you that high, you know, especially when you're, because I think I was 12 when I had my first kiss. I was moving, I was moving to Arizona like the next week. And so I was just heartbroken. I kissed this girl and I had to leave her. I was 12. I'm traumatized by kissing. I think I'm like, uh, I, I'm com confused about the relationships and love in this world of this connection. Well, you, you know what? You're going to, you're going to love the song because it, one of the lyrics is, I know I like you, but I get confused being with you. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I get confused uh, if I if I want to share the germs of your mouth in this moment, <laughs> uh, and uh, if it will lead to just uh, more drama, more discussions, and more pain in my life after that, like beautiful feeling of like I don't know wet bacteria orientated slime <laughs> coming in my mouth from the other person actually i never liked kissing so much i like kissing now but i still found the sound like mm, if you have people next to you making all, that sound we all, we all it kind of make, yeah, makes me nervous yeah it makes yeah yeah i could see that we all evolve and we, you know the thing is we surround ourselves with people that we trust and we like and i think that's that's the confusing part about being a teen It seems like people are still more in, when you say when you talk about kissing, nobody is asking oh, where did you do it and how did you do it and stuff. But as soon like when we talked about now, we were talking me and Leona before about that we're going to talk to you and about your friend committing suicide. We realized that that is a very sensitive subject, and but still, it I know people are so interested. Uh, no, uh, it's just the subject of uh, of darkness and depression and suicide, in especially, is a very sensitive subject to talk about, it seems. But still, I see that so many people have some kind of uh, weird attraction to the subject. For example, wondering how the person killed themselves, for example. Something well, we, that's, that's we the whole thing. When you hear somebody dies, how yeah. did they die? How did they die? How did they kill themselves? Can we ask it? Can we ask the question, would it be too much? But still have a interest in it why no, I, why do i have that interest that's, that's my first question and then okay like i had a a friend whose you know brother just passed away and i asked how did he, how did he die and you know i didn't get an answer back and i felt like oh and i felt bad like should i be asking these questions so i still i still don't know the answer but uh i don't know it's Yeah, it's a sensitive subject, but but it, there is a curiosity. You know, everyone's got a curiosity. Is it the same kind of curiosity as for the ruins? That it's some kind of mystery, death? It's a, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's natural to kind of, when you look at something and you go, how did that happen? You know, especially with, you know, did they have cranes back there or no? 
You know, did they have like hydraulic lifts or no? You know, did they have, you know, gravitational powers? Well, I don't know what that happened, but uh, yeah, I, uh, that's, what, that's what keeps me going through life is looking at things. Like, you know, when you look out into the stars, you know that half of those don't exist anymore. And all you're seeing is their light. You're not seeing anything anymore. It's just their light. Why suicide many times considered like, seems to be some kind of shame uh, connected to it or something. While people, for example, in old style, I know uh, some tribes um, that I have interest in in different parts of Latin America, other places also that, uh, for example, had such a relationship to life and death that some people with with uh, willingly knowing it uh, decided to kill themselves in a ritual to to right. to pass through and prove to the tribe that life and death don't exist in that society it considered a very high honor for example in the maya society where they were playing this kind of football they had and the winning team got the honor of getting sacrificed. It was exactly. like, oh yeah, it's your great honor to get killed now. And they're just, <laughs> yes, they really, yeah, thank you. And now we're living in a society where when people kill themselves, it seems to be some kind of, uh, that it's something very dark or something shameful behind it. Why, why do you think people are so afraid of, 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 uh, su of people killing themselves or suicide? Yeah, I think there's that whole religious thing where people think that, you know, if you kill yourself, you're going to go straight to hell, which... I don't know. But in the, you know, I kind of laughed in the book or the journal, which I write about too, is, um, you know, Russ said that um, it's, he compared, you know, suicide to masturbation. He just says, it's the only thing you can truly do for yourself, <laughs> by yourself, you know. And it's just, you know, that was his kind of analogy towards it. You know, it's just like, you know, what else can you, I mean, you know, you can't, you know, eat for yourself because somebody else has to bring you the food. Somebody else has to, you know, plant the food. Somebody has, you know, you know, it's just like, it's the only thing you can truly do. Those two things are the only truly things you can do, you know, for yourself. It kind of gives you some kind of uh, power over your life to have that possibility somehow. Yeah. Imagine being stuck in this reality and you know it's not possible to kill yourself. So it's just be, I find it like a little bit sad that people see that exit point as something dangerous and and sad because it's actually something that makes us uh, feel that, okay, we have uh, somehow some control over our life. Right, it's going to happen eventually, right? <laughs> It's yeah, like, exactly. And when it either, happens, either. It, when it happens, that's now. No, it's like if I if I'm gonna die, if I'm dying, like okay, let's say I die in five years. In yeah. in when I die, that will still be now. I will not be right. like oh, that's in five years. In the moment I die, I feel this is now. So you always die in the now. It doesn't like, right. matter if you if you die when you're 20 or you die when you're 50. You still had a life that was constantly in the now and in the moment right. when you have to give up your life. That's still in the now. And then in a, in that time, then time don't really exist. It's just the now that exists. It's just right. in the now you will feel it. Right, and that's and that's a great motivator too because, you know, um, you know, before I met uh, my partner Samantha, you know. I didn't, I liked traveling, but I really didn't travel a lot. But um, she was a huge, um, she just loves European travel. Actually, she's from Mexico. She lived, uh, she grew up in the AP, Agro Prieta, across from Douglas here in Arizona. No, but I think it was like this, uh, six months we were dating maybe, and she says, uh, we need to go to Mexico City and, and go to a Pearl Jam concert. Are you guys Pearl Jam fans at all? Yeah, I was a Pearl Jam fan when I was yeah. a kid. Actually, I yeah, I should realize it, but I had my Leona was on the famous Pearl Jam concert that killed how many people? 
I don't know. Like don't nine or something? Where were In where Ro- was it? Roskilde. Yeah. Oh. Where uh, oh. the fans, uh, it was raining yep, yep, and they, they stepped on a lot of people. A very tragical yep. event. I went there. Yeah. So, so actually, so uh, we went to see Pearl Jam in Mexico City, and then it, it's just started. Like you talked about the now. I mean, I don't think I ever traveled because I always thought, well, I, I could buy a guitar or I could, you know, go to London. And so I usually bought the guitar. And so, but you come to a point where you're like. If you're going to go to London, if you're going to go to Paris, if you're going to go to Mexico City, if you're going to go, you better do it now, you know, while you still. And so you just figure out ways to make it happen. That's how I kind of look at life. And, and this whole COVID-19 thing, it was just we were supposed to go to Amsterdam in, in uh, July. And we had a couple of vacations planned, but all those went away. So it's like, what am I going to do now? So that's that's where this project all kind of came, came to fruition. So. It's been fun. So, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason, but you as a person have to kind of think about, you know, why things happen and what you're going to do. You're always, that now is always planning and reacting, planning and reacting. So, so what's your so, plans in, for the future? Um, well, actually, we're going to go to Amsterdam. Pearl Jam's rescheduled, so we're going to be going back there in July. And we're going to go back to Minnesota uh, in March to see... Um, But we like to travel to go see shows, which is fun. Maybe you travel yeah. to Mexico one time and visit Manzana Podrida, and we can make a song together for Fuck for Forest. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, yeah, actually, we're gonna we're planning to go to because uh, she still has family in the AP, and we want to come to Mexico City again soon. So we loved Mexico City. We I, I was you know I always had that you know I never thought of Mexico City as being so beautiful, but I was just. Just the people and the parks and the museums. Talking about ancient aliens, their uh, archaeological museum is. I just I didn't want to leave. It was just one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It was just I loved Mexico City, <laughs> and we took we took public transportation when we could. So we did the buses, we did the subways, which was an experience. We mostly Ubered, and that was I just closed my eyes. It was just everyone was this close together and. It was, yeah, the sub, uh, the the under under the underground train there is pretty like a abstract art performance in the rush hour kind of. You going oh, in? Uh, I've been going yeah. there. I'm kind of young and strong, and I'm standing there like I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm schleck. Please help me out. And I look like it's old ladies that is used to this shit, just like <laughs> standing in the middle of the crowd reading their newspaper, getting hauled up by the groups, just pushing her together as like, and she seems totally okay with it. It's like totally normal. That, that, that's that's like, me. <laughs> Let me out of here! And, uh, I screamed that because I couldn't get <laughs> out the door. And finally, my girlfriend got out the door, and I'm like, the doors are about to shut. And I'm like, I've got to get out. I'm saying this in English, and I was like squirted out, like like I, like I was a baby coming out of its mother. I was l- literally flown out of the. Squirted out of the butt or out it, of the train. It's in, it, it's intense. You see people like the train stops and the people inside see people try to get on and they're like no no and they see the person <laughs> on the outside just like take speed and run just jumping into the crowd like yep. pushing themselves. People are, no like and then the door closes and just like yeah you manage. People are like okay he managed woo okay train goes. It's intense. 
But that's a that's a perfect description, though. That is the perfect description. But yeah, but that's 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 why we live life to have experiences like that. Yeah, like we can laugh, that we can all laugh about. You know, it's definitely nicer to come back to the mountain again when we've been there. So it's like always when we feel that the mountain is too boring and too much fresh air, it's just to go to the biggest city on the world that so we have pretty close. To, it takes us one night journey, and we're in like mega maniac Babylon, where we can experience the biggest city of the world. And it's like nice to come back and actually feel what oxygen is. But as, as you said, like uh, Mexico City is not a hopeless city because it do have a lot of uh, offers in art and culture and in oh, yeah. interesting people. Yeah. So you can find an extremely funny time there. And people are very open-minded and friendly and dangerous in some places, but mostly friendly. So it's a really cool place to hang out. But uh, you definitely feel the difference when you go back to the mountain. And then we are like, okay, that's why we made this place. If you like uh, temples and stuff, there is a really nice one here in Oaxaca City as well. Monte, Al Monte Alban, that is one of the most famous uh, archaeological yeah. sites of the world, actually. Yeah, I, we, I have a feeling we will the, be there. It also looks fun. like, a, then you're also like, okay, this is definitely for aliens because it looks like a big landing platform for a Star Wars um, spaceship. Because you seem yeah, like you're, very, you're a really good producer. You make, uh, your stuff is super oh, good you. produced. Like, I, yeah, it is, an, it is kind of, the more you do it, the better you get, But of course. But um, yeah, I think I got a lot of that from, from Russ. I mean, he was, uh, I, I still wonder today, uh, what would happen if you were around oftentimes, but uh, you would have know. been uh, maybe big rock stars. I don't know. I don't know. Or, or who knows? We could be selling insurance too. You just, you know, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, about what the do world. you but think? What do you think if, if you would have continued your band with us? Would it uh, have changed? Would you have, what um, do you think? You can't think anything about it. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. But the thing that I thought was kind of funny is, um, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a religious person at all, but, um, there was a guy he was, Russ was working with, um, actually he was just, the CDs were just being printed. Um, Russ picked up the box of CDs and then he took off and killed himself. But uh, it was a guy, his name was Israel Houghton. And he was a Christian rock guy that Russ produced, recorded and produced his album. And, uh, and you know, I knew Israel, you know, you know, in passing, you know, it's, oh, anyways, I was in the studio when they were doing the recordings and, you know, Israel and and uh, Russ became very good friends. And anyway, so, you know, Russ kills himself. I move up to Minnesota and I was watching uh, CBS Sunday Morning, which is a big TV show. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in passing. I, I hear Israel's voice and Israel's on CBS Sunday this morning. And I'm like, what is what is he doing on CBS Sunday? What did he do? You know, did he save somebody's life or did he? Turns out Israel has won like 11 Grammys for religious music or Christian music Whoa. and and he's one of the biggest Christian stars you know on, on the planet Christian and, uh, rock star or no not rock it's more like um, kind of indie you know kind of indie folkish kind of but kind of jet jazz you can listen to him I mean, he's I mean he's got you know millions of streams on Spotify Israel Houghton and uh, yeah anyways but uh, but I often think that Russ produced his first album, which never, you know, had any label, you know, pick it up. But basically, after Russ died, after that album went away, then Israel kept recording, and he is an international Christian superstar. You know, which is, you know, who knows if Russ would still be producing for him today. 
or what you know what could have happened. You, know, you never know. So lost in time. Lost in time. Yeah, exactly. You can also send us naked photos of you and you get a free access to <laughs> fuckforforest.org but uh, yeah you will also give will also give you a free access if you make a team song for fuckforforest.org actually but i saw your logo your the two of you are, are on on an atomic bomb oh yeah okay that's the yeah, that's the bipolar circle did you check out fuckforforest no, I, I wanted, you know, because I was kind of going through things really quickly and I just kind of caught it. No, okay, so really just listening. check out fuckforforest.org. You, okay. you can go to our Twitter also, that's uh, fuckforforestus. So okay. if you have any okay. ideas for some soundtracks for that or Bipolar Circle, we are happy. Okay. And we will give, you, we will give you a free password for the, for the erotic website. <laughs> then okay. You can see what you've, we've been doing the last 15 years. <laughs> but where are you from originally? We are Scandinavians, so we are a little bit, uh, yeah, that's why we speak this way of English. And uh, I'm Norwegian. And okay. I'm from, born in Sweden. Okay, yeah, and I'm Swedish-Norwegian as well. My my great-grandparents came over on the boat. So so actually I just got genetically tested by one of those uh, 
ancestries. So you're one of those people that destroy my because I'm when it when it comes to me being Mex living in Mexico and representing white person, I always get taken as being one of the evil Americans that kind of destroyed this continent. And I'm just <laughs> like, no, no, Vikings never invaded nothing. But now I know, like you, you people came with the boats. Those Norwegians went there with the big invasion, and that's we should try. I don't like to hear that. I would like to keep that secret. I think and yeah, rather live, came, live in come, the denial yeah, that the we the Vikings were. They, uh, they, what did they do? They, they, uh, they were florists. They grew plants, and they, um, and the other one put horseshoes. Was a blacksmith put horseshoes on horses. That, those are my grand, great, great grandparents. So, so, fr so friendly, friendly people. Oh, they were awesome people. I have an awesome family. So, how is your, how is America now? Uh, after election, it's coming down again, or? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I, of course, you know. Anti-Trump, me. Of course, you knew that. Hopefully, you knew that. I don't know. But, I'm, uh, I'm anti-politics, so it may, makes like yeah. I'm just. Uh, I see it as you got to take care of them one at a time. Yeah, so, one is uh, more funny than the other one, and then I have to say, like, since I'm a comedian, I would have voted for Trump. <laughs> uh, no, the last four years have been. So difficult. it's serious that shit you have there. You actually say do affect stuff. I, I, I believe it's just for fun. I'm uh, confused about it, I think. I can't believe that we only have two people to vote between. That is totally crazy. Well, you know, the thing is, in American politics, if you, if you put in a third party, you know, it, it, you know, and it depends on how that person vote. I mean, how, if, that, if that person's conservative, the Democrat will get elected. If that third person is uh, you know, Democratic, you know, the conservative, because it's all about splitting the vote. That's the only reason they have third parties in America. And so, and actually, I'm very happy that we didn't have a third party this time. You know, what about 10 parties? There are so much different things, like two yeah. or three is too little. Yeah, but the thing that scares me about current politics now is that, you know, I'm very happy that Biden was elected just because I couldn't imagine four more years with Trump. But, um, but the thing that scared me is that Trump got 76 million votes. And you know it's amazing no i'm a, uh, you ha he had so long time to prove his asshole attitude uh, now this new asshole can get so four years to prove his asshole attitude but the last asshole attitude guy was kind of uh. so obviously an asshole and that's also making me laugh that's also making me i think that american <laughs> that? people that's... is on the joke that you all have like joined together as a big performance piece like showing <laughs> the world how fucked up politics is and you're just like oh. doing it to, like yeah see we still voting for the fucking clown doesn't matter if the whole world finds us idiots and funny and is laughing their ass about us we still vote so many people voting for him still that, yeah that's that's not, that's well, so that, that's, funny that's, that's i am kind of embarrassed sometimes it's like you know actually you know everyone feels like everyone thinks america's the best or all americans not all but they just think america is the best primarily because they've never gone anywhere else. You know, they've never experienced, you know, other cultures. They've never experienced, you have this, you know, this guy who can, you know, you can go into a store and you can buy an AK-47, you know, as long as you got a driver's license, you know, and, and you want, you think everyone is, everyone wants what you have, which isn't the truth. You know, it's just, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things that come out of America, but there's, there's a huge section of the population that scares me. You know, they got their guns and they got their their religion and they got their you know they just and they don't listen to reason or truth 
So. Yeah, what can happen was yeah, a lot of American things like in art and movies and music has naturally gone to the rest of the world, but it feels sometimes that American culture has been pushing their culture on other cultures in the world very intensively. So many other people know what America is. We know about the movies, we know about the music, we know about a little bit of the culture, while American people took very little time to look the other way and have interest in other cultures or other movies or other type of music from other places in the world. I think America is all about just pushing everything they can out on you just like you know buy this buy that you know just like i had i had some friends uh, a few years back i had some friends come to visit from new zealand i had known one friend but she brought her her friend who was a fir- her first time to america you know i brought her i think it was when i was living up in the twin cities and i brought her to, they went to a minnesota twins baseball game and she was just looking around and it's just because on the drive up it's just flashing billboards you know crazy you know everything is just over the top from new zealand and we were kind of discussing later it's like um you know both are kind of democratic societies but you know in new zealand you know their government and their businesses provide what you need where in america tells you what you need you know it's like you have to have this kind of car you have to do this you have to have this size of house you have to do whatever and you know and that's Yeah, I think America is a little bit, um, a little bit of a bully in a way. I think, and it, it and I think it's just so sad. But don't take it. Don't get too egocentric about it. There are other bullies in the world. There are other asshole countries also. Like sometimes yeah. Americans feel they can take that all as we are the biggest bully of the world, and that's not true. You have other bullies, maybe not that big, but still annoying. And I just saw this because I've. In, in, found that out that I knew it from before but I thought about it when I saw the newest movie from uh, it's not new it's five years old from Michael Moore where he's visiting yeah. uh, Europe to show how much more better Europe is and he's always putting it together with like how bad America is but he's taking the best places from a big variety of different European countries. Yeah. For example, going to Portugal, talking about drug policy, that the drug policy is so good in Portugal, then going to Norway, talking about how the prison system is so good in Norway compared to the prison system in America. That sucks, for sure. But if you talk about drug policy in Norway, that is right. really bad. So it's like, don't mention that, for example. So it's like other countries have other issues with other things. If you just take the positive things from one place and put it up against America, it makes America look like a, a country with only idiots. And it's sadly, <laughs> you're not. You have nice people and you have nice culture oh, yeah. also. No, I, think, I think, you know, every place has its good and bad. I would, and then that's, I see, but, that's, but, but you learn that because you've traveled. Yeah, you know so I mean, Americans should maybe travel more, have more interest in yeah, other that's cultures. That's exactly what I'm saying too. That we were talking about that this morning. That people just the people that think America is the best is the people that never traveled. Yeah, but that's even if you if you don't travel for some long a long time, I also seen this happening with Berlin because it's such a freaky alternative, uh, safe city, and there has been the most punky people ever. There's like so seems to be so tough are super afraid of just going to Spain because they're like, shit, yeah, but uh, this dangerous there. I would get arrested <laughs> or whatever. They're just already, even if they look really tough and cool, afraid of traveling. And uh, I think like fear is something we should challenge. You no, know? being afraid of things uh, stop us and make us sick. But anyway, it was funny to see Michael Moore. He's such a fat person going, talking about like healthy lifestyle, but never mentioning his 
He, oh, yeah. he, he never like, oh yeah, I, well, I live a very uh, unhealthy lifestyle. Or maybe he's sick, I don't know. But he's like a funny kind of character going to, to Europe to show how exactly. bad America yeah. is. <laughs> going back to writing, he's just a really, he's just a really good writer and he knows how to, how to get your attention and how to, he knows what you're focusing on. He's just, he knows how to push people's buttons, the good buttons and the bad buttons, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, he's he's very I, li I like I like his journalistic style. He's yeah, and then we saw a movie yesterday, and I just want to uh, kind of getting to the finish now. So uh, it's uh, it's a movie from David At Attenborough that is his uh, kind of. Uh, testimony of his life uh, seeing ecology and his conclusion is that we as human uh, the humankind have to rewild nature we have to make more wild nature again and uh, i think that's also about ourselves. we have to be less afraid we have to be more wild when it comes to our expressions our, our creativity our way of expressing ourselves shouldn't be controlled by what it's okay or not to say on the internet or what people force us to do. So uh, it's a, it's kind of like a rewilding of everything, no? I think so. I think, I think people need to kind of in that same vein, I think people need to take themselves less serious. Everyone seems just so serious and everyone's like, like if this happens or if this doesn't happen, the world's going to end. It's not going to end. Everyone's just got to calm down. It's not going to end? Uh, and lighten up. Lighten up and laugh a little bit more. What, it not, it, what do you mean it's not going to end? I, oh, I, I just think that's that, I mean, one of the just... only thing that keeps me alive, man. Now you're going to now connect to that, have the possibility to end all this shit. It's, like, it's not going to end. No, it's it, well, everything ends at one point in time. Okay, thank you. But, uh, but uh, no, I think everyone just needs to lighten up and know that there's a reason for everything. You know, smile everything to life happens. and life smiles back with a fucking fist in your face. Sometimes it does. And, you know, like I always say that, um, um, you know, I think everyone has, have you ever heard the concept of Dharma? Yeah. Your Dharma is kind of like, it's kind of, like, this is it's kind of like your chosen, you know, you know, quote, air quote, spiritual path. And, you know, we're not all supposed to go down the same path. But uh, if you're really doing something that is just completely out of your, you know, out of your path, you know, life has a way of, you know, hitting you back onto your path. I was going to say bitch slap you back onto your path. But it, it, I really believe that you just have to kind of follow your own, your own intuitions and your own feelings. And they never steer you wrong because you, when you're in, in a bad situation, whether it's a bad relationship or a bad job, you know it, you know, it, you know. Like I'm just some of my French, but like I always said, uh, when you wake up in the morning and the first two words coming out of your mouth are, oh, fuck, you know, you got to change your life. Oh, really? That's <laughs> happening to me now. I should change my life. I think, yeah, I think look what you get. I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Know? you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're trying to random people off Twitter and, you know, we're trying to do our best. Making friends, guess that conversations. Makes me... <laughs> it's awesome. I wake up with a scream, but I try to use it for something creative. 
So <laughs> that's it. I feel I'm stuck in this world, like locked in a circle of bipolarity, uh, trying to find an exit point. And then I'm like, okay, maybe bipolar circle actually just means uh, the asshole that sometimes want to get fucked and sometimes not. So never like, oh, today I uh, like uh, anal sex, tomorrow not. And that's like the whole point of bipolar circle is just a possibility to change your ideas in the moment you feel like to have that kind of pleasure you can get out of that moment. Yeah, like, like I say, lighten up. Everyone just needs to lighten up. And, and like I say, have that extra glass of wine if you want, you know? Well, you drive, uh, my but, liver uh, you know, failed or, after taking one too many of that glass that I wanted. So I had yeah. to, the doctor said extra, I couldn't that do that. cigarette, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know just, I, I, I just feel like we all judge each other way too much. And uh, I think everyone's just got to be who they are. I and think everyone, we should everyone... look for more, more, more similarities than differences. For example, exactly. we need fresh water. We need clean air. We need yeah. a planet with a diverse ecosystem. Like right. things that we, we need love and compassion. It's something that all humans need. So why should we like, search for all the differences to try to be so individual? Maybe we're not so individual in the end. Maybe we need, if we were in the right uh, environment, we would need the same to be happy. And that yeah. like searching for happiness more than that all the time actually leads to suffering. Yeah, well, I think everyone should get a cat. This is Mookie. Hey, Mookie. Happy birthday, Mookie. Happy birthday, Mookie. And then we want to, on the end of the show, do you have any wise, now we already came with so many wise things to our listeners in the end. No, but I love, do you have I love something, talking with you guys. If Thank you have you. something special to share to the world and our listeners now on the end. I don't know. I think everyone should just look at more art and listen to more music and enjoy themselves. And, uh, and listen to wretched pinhead puppets. Yeah. Actually, you do watch the video because I think it will put a smile on your face, and it, it will, and it will experience. You'll experience a little bit of time travel, I think. We're so happy so. to be able to experience that, and uh, we say thank you to you and your your ghost friend. And uh, happy birthday continues to uh, wretched pinhead puppets, and we will get back to you later soon. Uh, I guess uh, when you continue your project, and we will keep in touch. So Absolutely. Th yeah, thank yeah, you so I've much for coming. Me. Thank you for having me. Happy so. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that was both interesting and a little bit sad, kind of. Yes, we are both from Scandinavia and we are used to having friends doing suicides. Actually, in Norway and Finland and Sweden also is some very high the suicide rate of the world. And I actually have a lot of close friends that chose to finish their life and I had to, to deal with that in my ways. Uh, what would you do if uh, I would have killed myself early in Fuck for Forest? Leona, would you have brought my ideas in? Would you have changed the concept totally? Am I the one that has driven you to this madness or... Would you, if I died really, like after half a year doing Fuck for Forest, would you consider bringing my ideas with you? I mean, I think when we started Fuck for Forest, we both were, had more equal ideas of doing Fuck for Forest. So if you would have killed yourself in the beginning, really beginning, I think probably it would not be exactly as it's now. It would be more my influence. Yeah, you never know what would have happened if uh, life would have turned out differently. 
some maybe the inspiration would have been even better or maybe i was necessary and maybe the universe pulls the strings with with sometimes sad uh, effects but life is supposed to be a, a dance of different experiences i think it would definitely have been different if you were not there because i would not like to speak to a lot of people i do not want to it would definitely be different if you were not there. I don't think it would look at all like how it is looking now. Yeah, but I think I think also that, uh, as I said before, I said before, if I would kill myself now and or in the future, uh, or if I would die from natural causes, you can still. I I this is uh, my uh, statement for that. So you can always uh, li- listen to this tape because where I'm saying that uh, you can use my body. Uh, stuff me uh, and um, put a vibrator inside my penis uh, and then uh, have a, maybe a light in my hand, maybe some flashy la- a lamp in the other hand. You can plug me in at any place, at any festival, and I will still be there to satisfy people I- in my stuffed body. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, you can still... I, I, I give my permission to use my body like the copper welt you know the guy uh, Günther von von Hagen the, that makes uh, artworks out of dead bodies yes i know so make a sex toy out of my dead body please i, I want to be myself. a functional sex toy and if i have uh, lamps in the hand i can also film in darkness so i will be usable also under any kind of circumstances i see myself here in mexico not knowing what to do my shit is spanish trying to explain to people no, we're not going to bury him. We're going to stuff him and do, use him as a dildo. This is going to be extremely complicated, but extremely funny. Well, we, you will find a way. But uh, you can also uh, please uh, go down on the episodes and give us a comment in the comment field uh, or write us an email uh, with some inspiring words or maybe give us a donation uh, to make us have something to eat to continue this podcast so check out our podcast website and uh, read up a little bit what we would need help with and if you feel you can help us uh, that would maybe prevent us from killing ourselves just now and continue this uh, this uh, podcast for you and for us yes we enjoy talking to new people and learning so much new things you should know the last five years we've been hiding in the forest with no internet no access to you guys we are enjoying this a lot yes so thank you for listening you are keeping us alive uh, you are the inspiration now that keeps us uh, getting out of the bed in the morning so please don't stop listening okay so until i die and you stuff me to use me as some kind of uh, sex toy you can travel around with um, have a great uh, inspiring continuous yeah, sad, uh, don't kill yourself or kill yourself if you want, kind of. We all, that's our freedom to choose what we want to do with our life, kind of birthday. Yes, happy birthday.